This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 222, recorded on July 16th, 2015. T-10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all three engines up and burning, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff, the final liftoff of the class. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets and news, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy Network Studios in the sweltering Bellevue, Nebraska. We just had a lot of, lot of I, have a, I think we have a heat warning on for tomorrow here in, in, uh, in the Omaha area. Of course, we post a show with world-class show notes each week out at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, of course, you can contact the show. Send me an email. Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can track me down on Twitter, at Collison or call in those questions, 402-478-8450. Neil, the last couple times you tried to call me, those messages just are not making it through. I don't know what it is with that. It really is a lot better. If you guys want to leave me an audio message, it's really better if you just record it on your computer and then send that to me as an attachment. That's really the right way to do it. I, I think I'm, I mentioned this last week, but I think we're going to ditch the phone number because that just has not worked out the way I wanted it to. Nobody's really using it, and uh, we aren't getting – when somebody does use it, those messages aren't that great. So, uh, of course, TheAverageGuy.tv is powered by Maple Grove Partners. Web hosting gets secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from the people you know and trust. Of course, that's Christian. We actually had Christian on a cyber frontier, so if you haven't checked out that channel in a while, head out to TheAverageGuy.tv and – Click on the Cyber Frontiers tab. We did a brand new one, 23. It's not out there yet. I'll be publishing it this weekend. But uh, we have another, uh, of course, Christian does that, and he's behind Maple Grove Partners. You can find all that information. Plans start as little as $10 a month, maplegrovepartners.com. We want to thank Roger over at WLMN Radio for streaming us during the week out there at uh, WLMNradio.com out in Grafton, West Virginia. Still haven't heard anybody from what Grafton. If you are listening to this, just send us an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. I'd like to know that you're listening. Of course, Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. Find the link to this show and many other great podcasts, including Mike's podcast out there, Open Mic Night, out at the Geeks Network. That's just thegeeksnetwork.com. Join us in chat. Listen, watch, or listen live on YouTube or on Spreaker. We are not using Mixler tonight. You can find all the navigation you'll ever need over at The Average Guy. TV. All right. Well, it feels a little weird, Mike, that uh, we're kind of doing a so. It's like solo for us, right? Right. Yeah. This is as solo as uh, I think we're gonna get. Yeah. It is weird. We've had guests. We've had consistent guests for the past few months. It's weird to have one just you and I. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of the way I book them. And uh, next week we have uh, Edward Weininger coming on. He's actually gonna talk about Bitcoin. You're gonna be out. So Edward's yeah, gonna out. come in and. Join me. We're going to talk a little. He, I interviewed him. If you want to get kind of a preview of this, head out to the YouTube channel. Look under Infotech 2015. I interviewed Ed, uh, Edward there, and I was so intrigued by his Bitcoin story. I thought maybe we could have him on. So he's going to come on next week. We'll talk about Bitcoin, and then I've got a couple developers. Amber Gott will be here August 13th, and she's going to talk about LastPass. That was this, the topic of discussion on Cyber Frontiers on Tuesday night was was uh, the last pass breach, and we compared that to the current breach that's happened at uh, the U.S. federal government and that contractor. And Christian's got some pretty scathing comments in that Cyber Frontiers podcast. You might want to listen. So pretty crazy the way we, I think, in our community, we might see one more important than the other, and a Christian kind of weighs in on that. So you might want to listen to it. So that's all the stuff that's coming up indeed. Mike, you and I uh, are doing it tonight. We came off a really weird week with Amazon offering this Amazon Prime Day on the 15th. That was just a couple days ago. Uh, do you think it got, I mean, it got pretty ridiculed. In the, oh, just, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, even so much, so I don't know if anyone here has ever looked at the Chive, but the Chive had a whole entire um, culmination of all the best tweets from Amazon Prime Day. And yeah, it got a lot of ridicule. I think it got a lot more ridicule than it actually deserved, though. So I had kind of a long week. I took Monday off. We had a wedding and went to the lake. So I was off a day. I was planning on getting on being around for Prime Day and uh, forgot about it and woke up like, oh, yeah, shoot, it's Prime Day. So I was watching the deals throughout the day. 
And uh, yes, there was, you know, everyone's complaining about just the piles of stuff you don't need. I think one of the best tweets was like, oh, thanks for raiding a Rite Aid from like 1985 and just getting rid of all your stuff, uh, Amazon. It was pretty awesome of you. But so there was a lot of, you know, cruff. There was a lot of stuff like that. But hidden amongst that were a lot of great deals. So it was kind of annoying. But all I did was I just filtered to straight electronics or I filtered to certain filters and it got rid of all of that extra stuff that I don't need. I don't need dog food. I don't need cleaner. I don't need all of that. So I filtered to what I was exactly what I was looking for, and I found some good deals. I got this uh, Tascam DR40. It's a recorder. I got that for $109, which is about $40 off. And I got my wife a pair of running shoes, um, some Asics for $64, usually $100. So not too bad. I mean, I, we came out pretty good. We just stuck to those two things. So if you stuck to what you were looking for, I know people you know, were expecting big, huge things, but they were kind of clearing out the warehouse. That's what they were doing, definitely. Kevin Schoonover said, but they had 55-gallon drums of personal lubricant. Yes, wow. they did. <laughs> yes, they did. That was where I, I thought it was a joke because I saw that on the chive, and so I had to look, and yes, they actually did. They actually did, and then the echo I was see that in someone's bedroom. I, just like, I know. Hopefully, somebody picked that up. Gallon drum, and it's uh, prime shipping, so you're not paying anything to get it. Yeah, to hey, got to take advantage of that free shipping. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Amazon Echo uh, actually, they had a limited number of them available for 129. So if you were lucky enough, yes, they to, did. Picked that up. That was early. I mean, like, and in right at midnight, that went on. I think they were gone as quick as they came. By the way, speaking of that, thank you, uh, Sarah. Did get my message. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> She's so good to me. Um, they uh, uh, speaking of Amazon Prime. If you haven't checked it out yet, we've created a new kind of an offshoot of the Average Guy TV. It's called the Know It Guy, or it's called Know It Guy. If you just go to Know It Guy, K N O W I T guy.gui.com. That's kind of an offshoot. I've moved all the know-it guides over there. So I'm going to be doing more of those. That's kind of something I kind of like doing, some aggregates. And there is an Amazon Echo know-it guide over there. So what I'm doing is keeping track of all the release notes. This is one of those things about every two weeks or so, they send us an email with the Echo and it says, hey, here's all the things that have gone on with it. And so I've been copying and pasting that email. So I have the release notes all in one place, or at least the release notes since I started with the Echo, and, uh, and it's a list of uh, helpful links, communities and such that are, uh, you know, like Google Plus communities that are focusing on the Echo and stuff like that. So if you picked up an Echo, head over, know it guy, K-N-O-W-I-T-G-U-I.com, know it guy, and uh, the Windows 10 know it guide is over there as well. If you want to check that out, that's coming up here July 29th. Actually, let's save that for, for just a second. So Amazon... Mm, I, I feel like it was kind of it was kind of gimmicky. You know what I didn't realize is Walmart and Target had both responded with sales of their own that ran longer than a day. And, I didn't realize that either. It, you yeah. know, it took someone mentioning that to me. I think on Twitter before I finally realized that. But uh, but and so did like a company like Levi, my buddy. I asked him, so I didn't. He thought I was talking about Levi's sale, and I was talking about Prime Day. I said, hey, did you get anything today? He's like, yeah, I got a pair of jeans for half off. I'm like, oh, they had Levi jeans on Amazon? He goes, no, like Levi, the website, dude, they're having huge sales, like blowout sales today as well. So just a lot of different companies, I think, picked up on it, especially the web companies. So, Yeah, well, we do in here in Iowa, and uh, I was just next door here. Uh, uh, to Nebraska, they do a sales tax-free day right before school starts to kind of encourage people yeah. to go out and buy clothes and stuff like that. So having this Black Friday idea in the summer, it's interesting. I think this may this may be something that Amazon is going to hold on to for the future, and so we may see a summer. You know, we may see this idea of everything dropping in the summer, where traditionally that's not a boom for retail, but certainly not a bad time, right? All these retailers are setting up their Kind of their sales for fall when they're gonna they're gonna try and blow out back to school stuff and get all get all that stuff out. I think they've always done that. I just don't think they've really said they're doing that. You know? Right, right. Well, and I think the problem is people were expecting. You know, Amazon said more deals than Black Friday. They didn't say better deals than Black Friday. People were expecting like huge blowout things on TVs. There were a few good deals on TVs, and actually, some of the best deals I saw were on men's and women's watches. They had some really good deals. If you were, I mean, if you had the money to spend on a really nice watch, uh, they had some actually pretty good deals. But some, okay, that tweet I was uh, trying to find was from Matthew Morgan. It, oh, it's really cool. Amazon was able to raid a Rite Aid in an abandoned Circuit City for this Prime Day sale. Hashtag Prime Day fail. <laughs> And wow, it, it they just kind of wrapped up. Circuit City reference. Oh, they were pulling done. out 
everything. Oh, uh, one was, Prime Day is like when your friend claims he's throwing an epic party, but when you show up, there's a six-pack and a bowl of Cheetos. <laughs> Stale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just, yeah, the Twitter world blew them up for this, and yeah. I, I honestly thought it was a little undue because there were a lot of good deals there, and I don't know what people expected, but if you had your expectations set right, I think it was fine. Like I said, I, got, I grabbed some good deals, so I was happy. Yeah, Daniel J. Lewis had gone out and actually found all the podcasting deals. That, that was nice, and he sent it out to his mailing list, because I'm on his mailing list, and so he was keeping that up to date, which was which was kind of nice. Yeah, that was pretty smart of him. Is that where you saw the task cam? Is that No, I just happened oh. to run across that. And, and, and this and this was one of the items, I mean, I had to be waiting. Good thing I was waiting like for seconds, and I clicked on it. Because then I went in and I was I was thinking about grabbing two actually one for for a buddy and uh, I went in and at like a minute later I clicked on it and I was the deal had already gone and I was number two hundred and seventy sixth on the waiting list so I mean if that tells you it did work wow. for them they were yeah. clearing these things out and there what time did you go in did you wait until two in the morning or whatever to well so they were they released stuff all throughout the day. So all throughout the day, you could go to their upcoming, and it would be, okay, this one's coming out at 11.30. This deal's coming out at 10.30. And you didn't know the price until it actually dropped. So funny, my buddy was looking for a monitor, and so I was on there watching for him. I said, hey, there's a monitor going on. He's like, well, what's the price? I said, I don't know. They don't tell you the price. I said, but it's originally 140 so I'm guessing maybe like $80. And uh, so originally $140. we are waiting there. We're both sitting ready to click in case he doesn't get it all, get it for him and stuff. And we click, and... And it went from 140 to one like 29. I was like, ooh, yeah, eleven dollars off. That's a, that's a deal. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that was the biggest letdown I think I've ever had. I'm like, yeah. Well, they did a nice job of advertising for this, and so it's it, it kind of just tells you how conditioned we are, you know. And and it's prime. We're as prime members, and I think they're trying to continue to maximize the value that we get out of that prime membership. It is a hundred dollars a year to get it. I I do. I did get the renewal notice for my Prime Music too, which is another twenty five bucks. Not Prime Music, but their Amazon Music, where I can store two hundred fifty. I just wish they would roll that thing into Prime, and we'd be yeah, done with it. God, right. So nice. Come on, Amazon, <laughs> do that for me. Save me twenty five bucks a year. Uh, on that, but um, it it yeah yeah that that's I, it was an interesting week from a retail standpoint just because I was just kind of wondering what are they going to come up with and uh, I think it had very very mixed reviews I think like you said I think people were expecting uh, an enormous amount of deals and they just weren't there so yeah well and to be fair Amazon sells everything so for most people they were watching just the upcoming thing. And they were disappointed by all the stuff. It's like, well, you got to think they're going to mark off everything on sale. So yeah, your feed's going to be have a lot of stuff in it that you don't care about. So that's why I was telling people always just filter down to what you're looking for. You know, men's apparel, electronics, whatever you're looking for. And it really helped people see the good deals because you know all the good ones were kind of getting lost in the shuffle because they sell everything. They're going to put everything on sale. So yeah, well, interesting to say the least. And yeah. uh, so you know, it's something to talk about. It is a tech-related item from that standpoint. We all spend a lot of time on Amazon and, and money uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and money on Amazon yeah. we, of course if you uh, remember if you're purchasing through Amazon here if you're a listener and you're using the average guy.tv slash Amazon that benefits the uh, the tech scholarship fund and so appreciate you doing that I mentioned it a little bit earlier at the know it guide now we have a Windows 10 know it guide that is out there it's a collection of links helpful links and I'm hoping that you guys will help me kind of crowdsource these we did this with Windows 8 and it was pretty successful and so if you have helpful links or videos or stuff you think that should go in there, just send them over to me, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv, and I'll add them in there. Well, Windows 10, of course, launching here July 29th-ish, I'm going to say. Everything I've heard is, you know, the insiders are going to get it first, and then it's going to go to those folks that have reserved it, and it's going to trickle its way down. Now, who really cares? My advice is don't. If you haven't tested it yet, do not upgrade on the first day. I'll just say it again. Do not upgrade on the first day. Just wait. Give it a week. Give it two. Let some things work out. I think there'll probably be some patches that come out very, very quickly after that. Although millions, Mike, millions of people have tested this, right? I mean, this is one thing that Microsoft's done different this time than they've ever done is they've got millions of testers on this beta, right, that's out there. And so, um, you know, I, I still, uh, my recommendation is still give it two or three. Now, most of the people that listen to this show are pretty techie. You're going to be fine, or you're really going to complain about it. That's going to be, yeah. you're going to find all those things wrong. I'm still finding, I just updated my build 
that's on the surface to let me let me minimize that and see if I can I think it's t 20 well it's not showing right now I think it's the most recent build which is 240 I think and so I've got that on there fairly stable it's been working fine for me Mike in in your world I mean this doesn't really you don't even really care right because it's like you you don't have a Windows machine do you no, I don't have one. But, you know, just in general, Apple just recently in the past uh, few years started doing public betas. That was something they didn't do. You had to be in their developer program in order to do any sort of beta testing for them. Well, they went public with that instead. You don't have to be a developer. You just have to sign up. And it's really helped them out. Just like how you said there's millions of people on this Windows 10, I would have never in a million years suggested you do anything on the first day with Apple because they were known. I mean, even with the millions, they still bricked everyone's phone with that one update that, you know, not even like a year ago they did that. So I never suggest people do it on the first day. But with this whole public beta program, it's getting a lot better because millions is better than thousands, which is what at least Apple was yeah. dealing with before that. So. Yeah, Andrashan was saying, you know, I, I maybe I not never done before. They Windows 7 had beta. They've always had beta programs, but they, I don't think they've ever had this many people on the program. I mean, they got they have made it super easy to get involved in this on the Microsoft side. Now that's a public beta, right? Very public. Okay, yeah, for anyone. Very public and very easy to submit, um, you know, bugs or, or uh, you know, new enhancements or how you feel about it. And they were asking you, you know, you get pops up, pop-ups while you were in there. Like, hey, what do you think of this? And we changed that. What do you think of that? Right? You get these pop-ups that you're doing. And so not necessarily the first time they've ever done it, but the first time they've ever done it this big, for sure. I mean, this is I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the biggest beta they've ever done with the most testers they've ever well, done. I think that's really smart, too, because you don't want just the really techie people on your beta because that limits the amount of things they're doing on their computer. You want the everyday user that's willing to be on the beta, that knows what a beta is, knows the repercussions of using a beta, but that does other stuff that a normal human being might do that maybe the really techie people that are usually doing betas wouldn't do, activities that might trigger something that no one else is going to trigger and finding bugs in that way. So I think that's the biggest um, proponent for having a public beta instead of just for kind of your inside developers is more and more activity that other people are doing that those people want. Yeah, yeah. I've just been around the Microsoft environment a long time. This is by far the most open they have ever been about this. And it's just and, and, and easy to get, you know, super easy to submit stuff. And so it'll be interesting to see what what happens there is going to be all kinds of, I mean, the 29th, that'll be an interesting week when that when that goes. It's just going to be, there's going to be all kinds. And I wouldn't say the most anticipated upgrade, right? Windows 7, they did tons. When they were releasing Windows 7, there were launch parties and they were making, I mean, Microsoft made a big deal about Windows 7 when that launched. Um, Windows 10, I'm going to say it's a big deal. I mean, I'm, I think there's some people thinking about it, but just doesn't feel like the same necessarily the same marketing that was there before and so I mean it's just so while the well I think the beta testing was a bigger group I think the marketing going into the release which I think is smart right let that thing kind of trickle out a little bit at first you've got I mean they've, they've done some major overhauls in a lot of areas and so that's the one thing I've always kind of liked what Windows has done more than Apple, whereas Apple hypes every single little upgrade they do to their operating system, right? You get a yearly announcement with what they're doing on the operating system, and everyone gets all excited about these really little things, and then it comes, and you're actually disappointed because the little things they pointed out aren't that great. The actual improvements that you should care about, they didn't really talk about, so you don't think about them, whereas Windows just kind of slips these, and I liked that a lot better. I don't like to be all hyped about an operating system. It's just not something that is I don't think people should be as hyped as they are about for Apple. And so I wish Apple did it more the way Windows did, because you're right, it's it makes for an interesting week when they're released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Drashen is out there in chat talking about domain users. That's like uh, the, the smallest of smallest percentage of people, of consumers, who are using Windows will even know what a domain is. Chances are if you're on a domain, you're going to be in an enterprise for 99%, for I'm going to say, of the people out there. That's the kind of situation you're, you know, you're in, and so for most people, they have either pre-signed up for it, or and it's it's been slowly leaking to them to get it, or they're going to download it in the next month or two or three and get that installed. That's going to be far and above the majority of the people that are doing this, and so it'll be interesting to see. I think I'm going to upgrade Sarah's computer upstairs. She's on that. She used Windows 10 uh, a couple versions back when it still wasn't as stable as it is now. I think I'll probably move her to that. I think I'll wait oh a couple months and I'll probably upgrade the 
broadcast server here to Windows 10. I'm running Windows 10 in a VM right here. So the Surface is on Windows 10. I like that. There's a little, there are a few little problems with the pen. I got to reset some things. Wi-Fi is still a little sketchy. So there's still just a few little things that still need to be done, I think, to fit and finish. But for the most part, it is what it is. The mobile apps for Office came out uh, earlier this week, and so now I was complaining. I think it was last show I was complaining about how, or maybe it was another show I was on. I was complaining about how bad the icons are for Office 2016 because they're really small. They this they suck. And then, but for the mobile apps that are out for a free, by the way. Uh, you can download those really nice-looking apps or nice uh, icons that you get there in your start menu. And so the, the decisions are going to be, do you go with the start menu when you, especially on a desktop, do you even bother bringing in the live tiles or do you wipe those all out and just get, return back to the Windows 7 kind of just drop-down menu? I was talking to somebody today. I was showing them that, and they're like, oh, good, I'm going to get rid of the live tiles and go completely back to the way it is for Windows 7. I think a lot of people are going to, probably follow that same methodology. I've wondered what the kind of the Windows users feel now about live tiles because the only equivalent on the Mac is our notification center. You can throw things in there, stocks, weather, anything like that, and I keep it closed all the time. It's not the way I like to view my data. It's not the way I like to interact with it. And I, I don't know, do you guys, do you have them right now? Do you use them? I don't. I, they kind of annoy me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're there but they kind of annoy me. Where they make sense um, on Windows now is with Continuum. So on my, on, my, on my tablet or on my Surface here, I pull that keyboard off and it, it asks me, do you want to flip over to tablet mode? And I say yes. Okay. Then the start menu now is the big, is the big live tiles. That's where it makes sense. This is them kind of, this is getting it right, right? It's like, okay, this makes sense. Bigger touch targets. It's, you know, and then when you, put the keyboard back on and says, hey, is, uh, did you attach the keyboard? Now I could turn that off, but I like being prompted. And so hit yes, and bam, it goes back into desktop mode. So I think it'll make a lot more sense, especially on these convertibles. And then I think we're going to see a whole host of new convertibles come out, you know, come fall, where keyboards detach or you can just take the screen with you because of that finally works, that the idea of having a, a Windows 8 idea of it being a tablet OS I think that works pretty well in Windows 10. So we'll see, right? Yeah. Still still a lot of water to go under the bridge. I just think it's a very select, just from my point of view, I think it's a very select market for people who want the convertible. And, and I'm just outside of it, so it's hard for me to understand it. I either want my laptop or a super thin, no peripherals iPad. You know, it's it's one of the two, for, it's one of the other for me. And yeah. most of the time, it's a full laptop. I want it to be a sturdy laptop that I can take around that has power to it that I can do stuff with that I can be my mobile machine when I take it down to my parents house I can do all my audio editing and stuff like that I don't know I'm just not a convertible guy so I'll be interested where that market goes and and with Apple doing the iPad Pro this fall at least the rumored iPad Pro is that going to be a convertible as well or do they keep that strictly iPad it'll be it's it's definitely where the trend is going but me being outside of it it's hard for me to see the industry going that way yeah I'm like I'm, I'm kind of with you I've struggled I mean I've got a surface so I've got the convertible and I got the keyboard and I got all that. But there are times it just doesn't make sense. I'm I'm way more comfortable with that clamshell for the laptop. And yep. man, my work laptop is a Toshiba Core i5, and it's actually a really nice configuration for me. I use the crap out of that laptop. It's kind of my go-to, and it's tough. And you close it and throw it in the bag. Exactly. And, you know, it's I don't let that surface. I close it, but it's not really closed. You know, and so. I have an extra bag to zip it in to kind of protect it, and that's an extra step. And then I got to find the bag, and you know, this there's been more times than one that I thought, you know, do I do I want to hold on to this surface long term? It's got that really small resolution on a 12 inch screen that sometimes I really have to focus on, and you know, look small. I'm gonna, you know, I want to get through this Windows 10 launch and use it for that, and I think that's going to be really really smart, but. I may look, you know, come next summer, I may look for a different form factor just for that case. I, although we have some really nice laptops coming in at work from Dell that have gotten light and they are thin. And so it's one of those kinds of things like, well, okay, so with, since work is issuing it to me, you know, we'll have to see. It is nice to have an extra PC. I mean, because right. I've had the Surface, I've been able to do all the Windows 10 stuff all the way back from the 9000 series to get it you know, to kind of follow it along. So it is kind of nice to have that extra piece of equipment. Have they fixed with the Surface yet the whole thing where you can't really even use it on your laptop if you have the keyboard because it, like, falls over? It's not really sturdy? 
Oh, well, as far as... Because yeah, that was not... my one complaint. When I was using yeah. the one of the first few that came out, I was trying to like put it on my lap, and the thing folds. It was just awkward. Yeah, you're not going to... It's not the greatest to sit down on your lap and type. That's right. not really right. what it's designed for, right? If you're going to sit down and do that, pull the keyboard off, use the on-screen keyboard or, you know, what, whatever. But, um, you know... No, I don't think much has changed there, Mike, okay. to be honest with you. So handy little device, super light. Get around it gets around. I it's a blogging machine. I mean I use it a lot when I'm writing blogs. It's great to write on, one of those kinds of things. It's really good to write, I mean physically write on as well. That's what the surface excels at. And so so we get more and more apps that take advantage of that. That would be awesome. Um, so yeah, we got some work to do. So if you're if you're listening to this, and why wouldn't you be? Because you're listening to it, <laughs> you will know it's coming very soon. July 29th is the day. There'll be a, it'll be staggered over a couple days. Rich Hay, who's in the chat room right now, has been doing an awesome job of covering this uh, over at at uh, Windows Observer. So he's he was guest on here. Oh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, <laughs> maybe at this point. But uh, you, if you haven't checked out his podcast, you want to check it out. Windows Observer. And uh, there's there'll be a link to it in the show notes. And on so, Periscope, right? Richard Hayes, the one that I, yeah. I think that I watch yep. on, yeah, on Periscope. Yeah, he, he does some great Periscopes. I like those. Streaming yep. um, show right to Periscope. Yeah, I, I really like watching them on Periscope. Yeah, I fire that yeah. up during the day when I'm at work sometimes and just listen to him talk about it. So keeps me up to date. Love it. Yeah, no, Rich, thanks for doing what you're doing. He's doing a great job of covering this whole Windows 10. He's that's what his focus is. You know, we talk about it a little bit from time to time, but his focus is Windows and following all things that are going on, and that's been dominating the space, so go check that out. Mike, let's talk a little bit about the digital wallet, because this is, I think, right, we have started and stopped on digital wallets for a while, right? I mean, yeah. Google kind of first out the gate with this, didn't really go anywhere. Microsoft has been trying to do it, didn't really go anywhere. Apple announces the digital wallet, still really hasn't gone anywhere at this point, and it's, I don't, necessarily think it's the fault of the technology, right? I mean, I think. So what I wanted to highlight, and I'll drop this link in the show notes as well. Most of you know I'm wearing the shirt. It's coincidental that I wore the shirt tonight. But most of you know I work for Gallup, and we are doing a whole series on uh, on the wallet, on the, the idea of, of you know uh, purchasing online. And one of the stories that we put out there uh, just, oh, just a couple days ago, uh, the headline is, no one is really winning the battle for the digital wallet. We put some stats out. Uh, we interviewed 15,000 uh, smartphone users and, uh, and found that, that the digital wallets just aren't really getting used. And they write in here, though, Apple is trying to change that trend with Apple Pay. Gallup analysts shows enthusiasm for digital wallets is still low. Only 13% of U.S. adults with a smartphone have a digital wallet on their device, and 76% or three-quarters of those who have a digital wallet have ever even used it and almost never used it to make a purchase from a retailer in the past 30 days. So there's a big chunk. I mean, it's, I, I think that number boils down into the single percentages when we talk about the 13%, and, you know, it's pretty darn small what's actually getting used. Of the U.S. consumers using a digital wallet, men and millennials use it more than the rest of us. That makes sense. You and your... Mike, you're the perfect, you're a millennial and you're a guy, right? Yep. And are you using a digital wallet at this point? Yeah, I, I actually do use it every day, but I completely 100% understand why um, Gallup found what they found. And I can tell you the number one reason why no one's using it and why no one has interest in it. And it's because not everywhere takes it. And actually a very small percentage of places take the mobile payments because you, I mean, you got to think about it, even for a techie person like me. Okay, so I use Apple Pay. I love it. It's actually really easy, convenient. Um, but the nice part about having a mobile wallet is that you really don't have to carry around credit cards. But I still do because only, you know, I go to Subway quite a bit actually. So I don't use it every day, but most days when I go to Subway, um, they take Apple Pay and I use it and I love it. But the problem is I still carry my wallet around everywhere because that's the, between Subway McDonald's and Walgreens are the only three places that I can use my Apple Pay. And, you know, everywhere else that has NFC, I always try it and see if it works because sometimes it does and they don't even know it. But it's not going to catch on until you can use it everywhere because even the tech people get annoyed that we can't use it everywhere, so we just forget it. You know, it's easier to just pull out our wallet everywhere. We don't have to ask, oh, do you take Apple Pay? Do you not? We just pull out our wallet. So until it's everywhere, no one's going to have any interest in it. I'm surprised I even still use it as much as I do. I just like using it because it's kind of fun. It's still new to me and still kind of fun to use. Yeah, I went to Menards the other day, and, you know, there I'm, we're getting reissued credit cards now that have the chips in them, right? Yeah. All, 
that's kind of the what's funny is two years ago when I went to Germany, they're all on the chip over there. And so I ordered credit cards with chips in them and I took them over there and I used them when I got back. Six months later the credit card company said, Well, we're gonna replace your credit card because yours has a chip and you know, we don't want you using that. Well now they reissued me another card <laughs> just recently that's got the chip in it. So I've gone no chip, chip, no chip, chip on uh, on the card, on my chase card. But I was at Menards the other day, and they had new, you know, point of sale, and they had the, you know, with the new chipped cards, you're going to be able to, there's a little slot up front, right? And you're going to put that in the slot and hold it there, and some things are going to happen. And I, so I thought, oh, I wonder if that, I wanted to stick my card. No, they still have a, it's still closed. The <laughs> slot is there, but they have something stuck in there, right? Oh, I've tried it, and I'm yeah. like, I've never had a chip reader work even though they're all in, all they have is till the end of 2015 before they're supposed to be replaced, right? At least to be chip and sign, not chip and pin. But in America, you they all they have till the end of 2015 to get the all new terminals. So, and and that's my hope. And that was Apple's hope, right? When Apple came out with Apple Pay, they said, "Hey, we're primed for the market because by 2015, all the retailers have to have brand new terminals. And hopefully, when they grab these new terminals, they will go with ones that have NFC." And that was the hope. And you know what? It worked. A lot of the new ones that have chip capabilities in the United States do have NFC as well. That's what happened with Subway. That's why they did it, because all their ones, they were already paying for it anyway. So, But it's, it's one of those things where I love it. It's super convenient. But when you think about the pros and cons of it, cons, even for a guy, woman, anyone, you still have to carry around your ID. You still have to carry around maybe, you know, one of your loyalty cards, except for now they're adding loyalty cards into stuff like that. But I'm st I still can't get rid of my wallet. I still can't leave my wallet at home and go out and be completely confident that I can use, uh, use my phone for everything. No, you can't. Uh, it's just not there yet. The, uh, in the U.S., among U.S. adults, 11% men and 11% of the millennials use it every time or almost every time if they can make a purchase, right? That's what we're talking there. Among consumers who have digital wallets, 38% don't see any benefit of using the technology, right? For that's where it is because you still have to carry around everything. What did it do? What did it replace? I mean, maybe because I'm already having my phone out reading tweets anyway, so I don't have to get out my wallet while I'm in the line. I don't know. There's just, there's not many benefits yet. There's, yeah. there's not that moment where it's like, ah, yes, this is why I'm using it. What's more, 9 out of 10 consumers who don't have a digital wallet say they're very unlikely or unlikely to start using one in the next 12 months. So 91% of the people surveyed who aren't using it at all say, you know what, not only am I not going to use it, I mean, not only am I not using it, I won't use it in the next year. So we've got a pretty large technology hurdle to overcome if 90% of the people who aren't using it are saying, nope, not only are we not, we're not likely to use it in the next 12 months either. I, that's going to be a tough hill to climb. I mean, I know these terminals go live, let's say, January 1, 2016, right? Because you have to have things replaced by the end of the year. Man, we are still a ways from, from the mind share, right, of people thinking, you know. So you have to ask the question, well, what, what are people concerned about, right? If they're thinking about this, what's slowing them down? In, uh, in our survey, in Gallup survey, what's the primary reason you are unlikely to use a digital wallet in the next 12 months? Well, what do you think is number one? Mike, what do you think? What would you think would be the number one reason? The number one reason they're not using it? They're not going to use it or not planning to use it. Because they think? don't trust the yeah, They don't security. trust it. Yeah, yeah security. security concerns. Yeah, hacking, yeah. losing your phone, right? We had a situation the other day where... I'm going to close the article now, so you can you, you quit, keep oh. quizzing me. I'm going <laughs> to... It's not fair because you had it open. No, you can, you can. I won't ask you that again. I just wonder, and that was an easy question. 55%. Um, I was at a store the other day, and, uh, I, well, Sarah was actually, and... The very next day, there was credit card fraud on our card in that store. In that same store, the next day, we never go to that store. And we were like, you know, okay, either it's an inside job at the store or someone, because we have the new chip cards, maybe someone got that number through one of the reader kind of things, right? We've had all this worry about that kind of deal. And I don't, I don't know enough about it to know. But The chip is a, supposed to be far more secure than the magnetic strip, though. Right. Well... Yeah, but there's. I, I'm just saying there's like security concerns, right? It's like, right. oh, I don't know my phone. How secure is it? It's fear of the unknown. Not enough people have done it to say it's going to be fine. So 55%. 21% don't know enough about digital wallets to make a decision. That's kind of, right? Like, uh, I don't even know. Yeah. Right? What's a digital wallet? What's a podcast? 
That's well, and, and, yeah. and they don't know, and also, okay, so we're going, we're driving back from uh, our weekend, and we have my brother-in-law and sister-in-law in the car, and we stop at Subway, and I use my phone, and, and my brother-in-law says, hey, I mean, how do I use that? And I'm like, well, you can't, you don't have the iPhone 6, you have the iPhone 5, and, and it's, there's this big confusion on even who can use it and who can't. Do you know the nice thing about Google Wallet? It's, it's on a, almost, by now, don't all Android phones I have think NFC. so, pretty close. Anything you've bought. Pretty buy, close to anything within the past few years has NFC. But with, on the Apple side, just the newest iteration of the iPhone does. So there's confusion about even if you can use it and what it is, you know. So. Yeah, Mike makes an Mike Howard makes it makes an interesting point. He says, however, in the U.S., EMV cards will still have that's the that's the chipped cards, will still have a magnetic strip, so you can yeah. steal them just as easy, right? It so we put a chip on it, but because they need there's this cutover time, right, where there there's still going to be some swipe usages. So I got a chip and a magnetic strip for now. In places that aren't taking the chip, I need to do the swipe. Well, guess what? It still has the swipe problems like it had before. So um, another 14% don't see any benefit to using a digital wallet over using uh, just using regular cards. So when we think about 21% don't know uh, enough about it and 14% not even seeing the benefits, I mean, so a full 35%, a third, a full third, Mike, are worried about, they just don't, it's they don't know, right? They yeah. don't know what, it, how, what the benefits are. And they don't know the advantages of using a digital wallet. So I think when you have a third of your population that still need to be educated, we have a long way to go for adoption for some of these things. It, it's years, maybe five years. Do you think really? I mean, when when you think about this, no, I think less. Far away. Think no, so? No, okay. I think two years. I'd say within two years we're going to be we're going to be using it. I think you get um, most people in the United States, you get a lot of their terminals switched over. You get a few more iterations of the iPhone. You get uh, maybe Google doing a little bit more promotion on security on the Google Wallet. Uh, the one thing I have heard back and forth, and it's it's nothing against Android or Google, um, but when you compare the two, people say, okay, Apple came out with Apple Pay, and, and you know it's Apple. You know what Apple, who Apple Pay belongs to, and they came out with all the security things and how secure it is, whereas Google Wallet almost just seems like another app on your phone that you're plugging a lot of secure information into, your credit cards and stuff like that. So the people that I've talked to who are on Android are like, oh, is that actually safe to use? You know, yeah, Google Wallet. I didn't know if I could actually, like, use that, though, whereas I haven't heard that too much on the Apple side. A lot of them are just like, hey, can I use that? I mean, is that something I can do? You know, and if they can, they trust it a little bit more. So I think the trust side's a little bit better from Apple, and I think that's just because they focus on it so much in their announcement, and it's been such a big deal. It's been in the news everywhere. But look at, okay, so Apple Pay just released in the UK on Tuesday. So it's released, and none, I mean, a very few of the main banks actually supported it on launch day. They didn't have Barclays, they didn't have, um, starts with an H, HSFC, something like that. One of the next biggest ones, a lot of the big banks didn't support it, and the Twitter, um, world got on them pretty hard on Tuesday for not having any of the main banks. Even some of the banks that were, you know, rumored to be, hey, we're coming out with this on launch day, they're still going to be delayed. They're coming out end of July, if not at the end of the year. So Apple Pay is still having some hurdles over in the UK, but kind of good to see that people were actually excited to use it over there. I think you're going to get that anytime one of these big services launches, but I was surprised to see people knew actually about the launch date. In the United States, I didn't hear anyone complaining really, uh, at least, I, mean, I guess, I don't hang out with too techie of people, but the people I knew, they don't even know about Apple Pay. And so I was surprised to see the uproar and how it was all over the news and everything about, oh, everyone's so upset. I'm like, why are people paying attention so much over there? So, you know, I don't know. So Gallup's was just United States, right? Yes, 1,500 or 15,000 okay. uh, surveyed here in the United States. So I would States. wonder if you did over in the UK what... What, how that might, HSBC, how that might thank be you, different. Ken. HSBC, yeah. that's yep. the bank I was trying to think of. Yep. Yep. Chase, of course, big over there uh, as yep. well. Chase, They'll have Chase it. Bank. Yep, Chase Bank. Uh, th of the 13% of adults with smartphones uh, have a digital wallet on their device, we asked the question, which, which, what are you using? Which, which wallet? A full 35% Google Wallet. That makes sense. They've been out the longest. Uh, followed up 24% Apple Pay. 22% PayPal. And I didn't realize, does PayPal have a really? digital wallet? I mean, you can pay people with it. I mean, I use yeah. I use PayPal almost like, I don't know, PayPal and Venmo to me are just like paying our friends. When someone yeah. grabs the pizza, we all just 
Venmo him or PayPal. Oh. And then Venmo, yeah. like you mentioned, others, Venmo, uh, IS, IS, Okay, so IS. they're including everything. Yeah. Because I mean, you can't use Venmo to pay like a store. I can use Venmo to pay a friend. So any sort of wallet, I guess, is what they're considering. Yeah. Now, remember, we ask that question and we take what the answer is, right? Whether they, whether it's a digital wallet or not from that standpoint. They're okay, so that's good to know that a lot of people are, yeah, Square makes sense. I've seen Square. And, you know, when I think of uh, these wallets really taking – once you get them into bars and I can tap it, start my tab, tap it out, and not ever get out my – not leave my credit card at another bar, you know, and have to go back in the morning and grab my credit card. You know how many times that happened to every <laughs> single person? If you've ever opened a tab and they have to keep your card, you know, yeah. countless people have left in there. So when I can tap in and tap out, that's when you're going to see it take off. Yeah. I'm calling no, my I, shot right there. I No, yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're just pointing out. It's like yeah, uh, I'm pointing yeah. out when the bars get in. I can tap in and tap out on my tab. Boom. That's when it's gonna have Put full money on it. Full That's adoption. when everyone's doing it. Full adoption. Venmo. Uh, to answer Ken's question, Venmo doesn't take a cut um, unless you're using a credit card. So I have my bank account tied, and so do all my friends, and it doesn't take a cut. So it's actually really I don't know how they make money because not many people, at least the people I know, use credit cards. So not really sure how they're making money, but no advertisements either. So. No idea how they're making. We money. talked a little bit, yeah. We talked a little bit about what's, you know, kind of what's keeping people from from not doing the security security concerns. Of course, are high at the list, but there is a big. There are some questions of convenience, right? People are still questioning that idea. Is having it on your phone really that much more convenient than just carrying your physical wallet, right? So people are still kind of asked when we when we ask this question. There are still people who are kind of saying. Faster and easier than what? Like you know, right. they just they, they don't kind of see. They're not seeing the connection. Now you you see that. Now I don't have to carry my wallet if I can put everything in there, including my rewards cards and some of those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah, there's still a lot of benefit. It does America. speed up the payment process, though. I mean, I have to say because. All I do is I have my thumb on my home button as I'm putting it towards there, and as it pops up on my phone, it already reads my thumbprint and like it's done. Don't need to sign anything. It's just like boop, like there we go. That was it. And you don't have to pull the credit card out. You don't have to swipe it, sign it, all that stuff. So it does save a lot of time. Now, is that really worth it? Is it actually that much more convenient? No, it's not. But um, not to say it won't be in the future. Yeah. Well, I think we've got a hill to climb. And uh, 2015 is going to end. I don't know if when we're done with 2015, if we are going to be that much closer to having the numbers change that much. 2016 may be the year where it, where it takes off. And I think... It will take some promotional campaigns on TV. It's going to take it being, you know, the social media is really going to have to get after this if we're expecting people to adopt it. It's, it's still, it's, I guess what we're seeing in the numbers here is we still got a pretty large hill to climb. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, an article that you brought up, which is kind of interesting, uh, the president of Nintendo passed away this yeah. week. I mean, I, this uh, made very little news. Fifty, He was 55. I would pronounce his name, but I'm sure I'd get it wrong. Do you know how to pronounce it? Uh, I know Satoru, and I don't know the last one, Iwata. You... Yeah, why, Mike, why, why, is this, why do you see this as significant? I think it's because the culture over there is... Um, you know, obviously very family-oriented. I mean, family, lineage, all that stuff is so important um, to a company like Nintendo. So I think they took this a lot harder than when you would say if an American company, if your president or CEO passed away. Obviously, we would feel it. But over there, I mean, this is this is a huge cultural thing. And so I think the shock to them, it, he was around for some of their best and worst moments. You talk about the original Wii, you talk about the DS, and then he's around for their worst, like the article states. And when you think of it, the Wii, you things that have flopped so far he's been around for everything but people really really liked him and he worked his way in the company um, pretty quick once he started uh, becoming a director and then worked his way to president so I think it's honestly though just the culture thing that was such a big deal for people over Nintendo and Nintendo has a cult following more so than any other gaming system or anything like that when you are a Nintendo fan you know all the games, you've played them all, and you have high respect for the people who create that content, that console, things like that. So I think that's why this is such a big deal, and I think that's why, honestly, I think people are a little bit worried that it might take a different direction. But um, of those, like of their peaks and valleys, they're in a valley right now, so maybe, you know. Yeah, well, not very old. He was just 55. Yeah, 55. And it was... Health 
last year during E3. Yeah. And so it was a bile duct growth, which is a oh. very, very ext- apparently extremely rare um, form, and 55 is just way too young. Yeah, no, for sure. So, but you're right. I mean, uh, he has been around Nintendo for a lo- a long time, and uh, it's going to take them. You know, you, you think let's. I mean, when we look at Microsoft, right? Bill Gates. He's he was there as long as both Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer was at Microsoft. So that's a long, I mean, that's a long tenure in, yeah. in that sense. And they'll really have to adapt. I mean, Nintendo's in a spot right now. They're not in a great spot, right? I mean, they the Wii was just huge. And still, like you mentioned, a cult following. I talk to people all the time, and we'll be talking about gaming systems, and they'll say to me, but I still have my Wii. Right, I mean, yeah, <laughs> they still have it, and they're still playing on it from time to time, and they're pulling out some of the old games. That almost speaks to some timeless. Like the Wii has some timeless gaming features about it, right? Getting Easy. the yeah hand the handheld devices and the things that you can do with it, and it's amazing to me. You know, Wii U didn't go very far and didn't, but the Wii has a has a really weird following uh, with it, and it's still popular in a lot of spaces. So. Be interesting to see, you know, where that goes. We are, we have our Wii, but it's put away. We have an Xbox, the original Xbox. We've got an Xbox 360 that's probably up in flames. Some <laughs> haven't moved to that. I don't know if we're going to go to a gaming console at this point. You're on an Xbox One, which is yeah. still amazing to me. You're going to get some major updates with it over here over the next couple months. That makes that. Yeah, thing. you've got me excited for those yeah. updates. Like I'm like pumped for them. Yeah, I mean, it's you're going to get more and more. I mean, I, I we joke that you're not in the Windows environment, but you are, right? Yeah. I mean, you're getting a lot more of Windows. More time than I would like is spent in that Windows environment. <laughs> more time than my wife would like, too. So, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, you're going to get some functionality. I mean, you live in the Microsoft space for your right. gaming console, right? Uh, and so interesting. I mean, it's, it's just an interesting dichotomy when we think about all the things that are coming up. Mike, I'm super excited for this fall. I mean, I think we, we, we're going to see some Windows 10. We have some new Apple stuff that's coming up. I mean, when you think about this fall with Apple, what do you get excited about what's coming up with them and some things they've announced? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to get the uh, iPad Pro is one of the biggest things. And I think the reason it's big right now is because we don't know what it is. I'm not saying it's going to be a, a huge, hot, new item that has a lot of advancements, but the reason it's so interesting right now is because no one knows where Apple's going to go with this. Are they going to go surface into the convertible market? Are they going Because it's going to be huge. It's going to be a lot bigger. Or do they stick with just honestly an iPad that's just really big? What do they do? You also have got their streaming service. So Apple's negotiating right now with ABC, NBC, Fox, all their affiliates. You're going to have live streaming just like it, basically, if you cut the cord from cable, you can get it on Apple. Um, granted that all their agreements go through but in uh, time for fall. But on the Apple TV, you're going to have live streaming TV. You're going to be able to watch Dancing with the Stars right as it's airing through the internet on your Apple TV. So things like that are going to be really big. Interesting to see how much they take off. And because the rumors on the pricing, you know, 30 to $40 for that streaming service, which some people actually, that covers their cable bill. So you know, pros and cons to switching, just like we're talking about with the with the digital wallet. Are people actually going to switch? But you also see, you know, with this streaming service and and HomeKit, are they going to release a new Apple TV, a new set-top box? So those are some of the big things I think you're going to see from Apple. You also saw them just today, no, sorry, yesterday, they completely updated their line of iPods kind of out of the blue. So, you know, they've been kind of doing some quiet updates that no one even notices, still updating things. And, What's uh, an iPod? Yeah, right? I don't know. <laughs> that thing that initially revolutionized the music industry and now is just that paperweight that you have sitting in a drawer somewhere. Nothing. I still use, I have a little shuffle that I use when I work out. They're horribly convenient for that. I think right? the That's... shuffle is the only iPod that now is still relevant. And the touch. I think you can get rid of, I think the Nano doesn't make any sense. And uh, I think you the shuffle, even the iPod touch, you know, most, all parents are getting well, their kids phones these days. So. Well, not all of them. No, Not I talk to a lot of parents who are like, you know, when I talk to junior high kids, we had a group of junior high kids in a Gallup for a, a field day kind of thing, a strength day at Gallup. And so I asked him how many have phones, and only half did, and this was 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. So okay. it's still not – there's a lot of parents who are like, you are not getting a phone until you're 14. Right, so that's where that touch does make a little bit of sense. Yeah, no, touch is great. I, I'm with you. The na- the the nanos and the, those they don't. You're kind of like, oh, just get a no. touch. Although they're cheaper. I mean, yeah, cheaper but not by much. I think you can get for fifty dollars more. You go from the nano to the touch. So for fifty dollars, you get pretty much an iPhone without the phone capabilities, or just a music player from the nano. Right. So, I don't and, know. And but the, the shuffle touch, is super convenient. 
yeah, oh, incredibly. Especially if you're like a runner or a biker, and it just yeah. it just clips on, and you have no additional way, and you get hours of music, um, or whatever you want to add to it. Um, is the touch still iOS the the is like the iOS five form factor or the the iPhone five form factor? Uh, the i it, well, no, it kind of almost looks like a six. Okay. It's kind of that sweet that kind of metal back, and it's got like the rounded corners. So, yeah, it looks a little bit more like a six than anything. Okay, because I know they upgraded when they upgraded to six, they didn't change the touch, and right. it just kind of sat. So, so you're saying the the new ones now kind of look more like the uh, the iPhone six as opposed to the old iPhone five. Right. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Well, some interesting. See, even that, you know, there's some really cool stuff. I think with Windows 10, we're going to get a refresh of a bunch of different hardware options that are going to be available. I think it's going to take a little bit longer than we think because the, you know, we Microsoft has been changing Windows 10 right up till the very end on this, and so I'm not sure the manufacturers know exactly where things were going to land, but I think we're going to see some really cool hardware come out uh, this fall for Windows. So you might, uh, if you've been thinking about buying, I would kind of hold on a little bit. There may be some interesting things that uh, come out. Uh, but there's never, Mike, there's never been a better time, I think, to be a technology guy. Don't you think? Oh, I mean, oh my gosh. You, it's so hard to keep up. And, and and it's so hard to keep your you know your bank account at a level <laughs> that is deemed reasonable by the bank because with all the cool stuff coming out, it's uh yeah no it's it's super super exciting. it's hard we just talked about Amazon you know here we are complaining talk about first world problems right of like oh, Amazon didn't have enough deals <laughs> right <laughs> jeez what a bunch of spoiled North Americans we are at this point so yeah but I'm thinking you know it's one of those times though whenever it gets exciting for the tech guy you almost want to like you just said as a consumer wait a year. Because everyone's innovating so fast right now that the quality actually dips a little bit because everyone wants to be first to do something. Usually, if you wait a year, at th this time next year, I'll be interested to see where we're at with all of these. First of all, wearables. Second of all, where we're at with Windows 10 and the hardware that came out with it, what they did, where Apple has decided to go. Apple's still not recovered from Steve Jobs, and I'll just go ahead and throw that out, that I don't think they are, so I'm gonna, I'm still giving them a few years to, to shake that out. So I think one year from now is a great time as a consumer to start investing in these technologies. Okay, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if you have to have it, you got to buy it, right? That's one of those right. things that you got to do, but if you can hold off. I'm, I'm to the point, you know, where on a lot of these things, I'm like, do I really want another thing? Do I yeah. need a, another thing? I am... Um, I am gonna pick up some hue lights. I think that's uh, nice. like I've I've got a light in the corner in the living room in the corner, that's really hard to get to, and I walk up my routine. You know, everybody goes to bed. I'm up super late, so I go up the stairs, and Sarah always leaves that light on for me. I think one because she doesn't want to turn it off because yeah. it's in a really bad spot. That would be the ideal light to put on the Echo, right? Oh, and yeah. How, how have you liked... Tell me a little bit about your Echo scenarios. Like, with your lights, how are you guys using those now uh, that you've... Every day, all the time. It's it's awesome. We love it. Now, there, I do need to do a little bit better job on the grouping because I do find myself saying, like, three different commands to her. Alexa, turn on this light. Alexa, turn off living room light. Alexa, turn off... So, I, when I leave for the day, I have, like, three commands I have to give her. So, I need to group them a little bit better. That's all just me being lazy. Haven't done that yet. But even, I mean, all of ours, I think, are Lux now. Are you getting the Hue Lux or just the Hue? Uh, the cheap, the $20 ones. <laughs> Listen to yeah, me. Yeah, the Lux. The light, and it's 20 bucks. Yeah, but 20 bucks, but for an LED, that has Wi-Fi. So LED, that thing's going to last a long time, way longer than your condescent bulb. So, true, no, true. Yeah, true. so you're going to get quite a few years out of that $20. And it's got the extra features built in, but... And then we have our remote to our Echo in the bedroom. So we don't have to worry about turning off the lights. You can just go to bed and in oh, bed you can just whisper idea. to it. You don't have to yell. You just say, hey, just turn off all the lights. And she's like, okay. And all of a sudden all your lights go down. It's just, it's, it's really nice. And we do the just dimming feature a lot. Sweetly. You're just yeah. whispering sweetly, Alexa, please turn <laughs> off the lights. Right. Oh, yeah. It's so quiet. It's so awesome. But yeah, so we, uh, we use it all the time for our lights. As you're leaving, walking out the door, you're grabbing your keys. You don't want to mess with it. I mean, you're just like, I've gotten so used to having my hands full and just yelling to Alexa as I'm walking out the door to turn off all the lights. And she knows to turn them, every one of them off at that and point. And that seems so. pretty natural, doesn't it? I mean, oh, it's, it, that's what has surprised me is that, um, and actually, 
my wife is a lot better at it than I am. She th- tends to think that way. I don't know what it is about, you know, because she, she's not as much of a techie as I am, but she jumped onto those lights really quick, and she uses them all the time. She uses Alexa probably a lot more even than I do. She's She loves the shopping list feature. That's our favorite. We do that shopping, shopping list feature yes. all the time, and then we just grab that list when we're at the store, and I'm, I'm in charge of checking them off at the store. That's my one job, so... <laughs> It works pretty well. <laughs> That's my one job. Don't screw it up. Well, because it makes me not grab useless stuff off the shelves. If I'm not paying attention to checking things off a list, then I'm just grabbing stuff I shouldn't be. So Right. She's yeah, got stop, me down. Stop knows. touching those things, Mike. Stop touching. Yeah. Stop touching. Stop <laughs> right. touching. Uh, Kevin Schoonover had asked uh, what lights uh, are go- currently working with the Echo. This would just be a great the thing Wemo to Wemo and the Lux. Okay. So, or no, Wemo and Hue, any of the Hues. Right, the Hue no. lights. Great yeah. thing to go over to the Know It Guide out at the at knowitguy.com, and we got a lot. We got a bunch yeah. of notes out there for you, and and, and I will we, fill uh, you in. I'm actually going over to um, one of my wife's coworkers' uh, houses tomorrow to fix them because he cannot get them to sync up. His Echo will not recognize them, and he even sent me the list of things he's done. He's done everything. He's reset routers. He's pressed the big button every time Alexa asks him to, and, and he can't get them set up. So I'm interested to see what the problem is. I have a suspicion of what it is, but uh, maybe it'll be a good thing for the Know It Guide for the Amazon to have some some workarounds if you're having trouble with your lights. So. Yeah, and uh, Mike Howard says the whole house thing, uh, the, the, his whole house uses the shopping list thing, right? Because you can anybody can add to it, right? Right. Along those lines. Kevin says, Kevin Schoonover says, there's smart things can turn off your lights automatically when you leave. They can do that as well. But it is convenient to have that manual on and off. I would, you know, in my case, I'd come up, I go right by the kitchen, and I would say, Alexa, turn the living room light off. Boom, it's done. Right. Point. She can leave it on, I can turn it off. Well, a lot of time, too, so we'll have all of our lights on, and Hannah and I sit on our, our sofa. is like, obviously, we're in a small apartment, so when you're in an apartment, your sofa is your main hub. We sit there to read. We sit there to talk. After our day is done, we sit there to eat dinner, everything. So it's kind of nice when we transition from, okay, we're done talking. Now let's watch a TV show. Hey, Alexa, turn off this light and turn off that dining room light behind us because it's really bright. You know, just doing things like that instead of having to get up and find the lights, it's, it's nice. Definitely not necessary, but very convenient and, and nice to use. It's a preference, right? I mean, there's there's many ways to do it. Everybody's different. Your way isn't necessarily right for everybody. Right. Along those lines. So, hey, you find the thing that works best for you, right? That's yeah. one of those kinds of things. We we use the heck out of the timer on that. Uh, oh, the yeah. girls make tea, and it's a two-minute steeping time, and so they get their tea thing. You know, they're in tea, tea, Tivana. Is that the, the name oh, of the yeah. Tivana? And, you know, so they'll make their tea, and then Alexa, set a timer for two minutes. You know, <laughs> I hear that a lot. If you go back and look at the logs on um, on the phone for Alexa, there's tons of two-minute timers <laughs> just, uh, on there <laughs> just for making tea. But yeah. you know what? I mean, here's this is the amazing thing, right, is that the adoption for this has gone well beyond the geek, right? Yes. If I've got Sammy, my daughter, now she's a girl geek, but and my wife's fairly a girl geek too, but the adoption rate has been so high on that thing, especially with the music. I mean, that's in the flash briefing. I use the flash briefing all the time. I'll go Me in too. and make coffee, and I'm like, Alexa, flash briefing. And, you know, she says, oh, here's M- your flash briefing report from NPR News on TuneIn. Yeah. And boom, it kicks right off. And, I, dude, that is cool. Yeah. I, mean, I, I cannot tell you how convenient that is. Get that smart and Pandora, we use that, Pandora all the time, you know, asking her, hey, just play that uh, playlist on Pandora. You don't have to get out your phone, fumble around with it, and it's nice. We use yeah. it all the time while cooking. Just like you said with the timers, I think while we're cooking, we're turning on music, we're doing the timers, uh, turning on and off lights, things like that. So Yeah, no, it's very cool. I just think it answers questions better than anything. I've been testing it against Cortana, which is new in Windows 10, uh, and mm, it's going to need some time. Been testing it against Siri. Uh, absolutely, Alexa is better at answering than Siri is at this point. You think not, so? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. but not as full feature though. That's my one thing. Well, I have. Yeah, I have gotten. Because you don't have a screen. You don't have a screen, right? To well, Siri not, can, no, not even that. I can't ask her movie times. I can ask Siri movie times. I can't so, ask her. I mean, there's a. I can't ask her ratings on stuff. And if I ask her to just Google some, hey, look up this on the internet and you know whatever. I guess you're right. That's a screen problem. But yeah, a lot of it though, I've actually gotten away from asking her anything besides commands I know she can do. So mm-hmm. I don't really ask her too many questions anymore, just because I did get kind of. For me, it was actually not as good as I would have hoped. Yeah, 
There okay. were a lot of times where she would just turn off. Like, no, I, nope, I think yeah, I, I think you're right though. No, I think there's something to this. Is that there was a steep learning curve in the beginning, and you learn what she can and can't do, and then you get in a track yes. of what she can do, and then you just use it. Right? Yeah. It's just you're like, okay, this is what you can do. I'm gonna go. The and tell so, me a joke feature is awesome when you have people <laughs> over. They love it. <laughs> it is a little party gimmick. Yeah. That as well. So, anyways, well. It's uh, Echo's available now, 179, no remote. Uh, you can buy the remote separately. Uh, in your case, oh, you're really? the first. Yeah, they it was 199, and then they dropped the price to 179, but pulled the remote out. Oh, I love the remote. Yeah, well, this you're the first person that I've read or talked to about it that really found the remote useful. Yeah, but I'm sure there's others, but I never thought about putting the remote in a different room and using it for the lighting feature or, you know, whatever. I mean, well, it has such a long range. That's why I like it. And I'm not yelling. So the remote for me is pro I can bring it into my, into, into the office and with the door closed, I can just, you know, whisper something to her. So as yeah, <laughs> for the lighting things. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously the lighting is honestly probably the only time you would use that and be quiet. Cause I can quiet. If Hannah's already sleeping, I can walk in the bedroom and, and you know, whisper to it and have it turn off the lights where usually I, there's no other command where you're not listening for a response from her. Usually that's the yeah. only one where you don't need a response. So yeah. Uh, Tony says, Alexa, how much time is left when you're using a timer? I've used that feature just to make sure I got the timer right. So oh, like, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. See, that makes it a lot more useful. Okay. Alexa, how much time is left on my timer? I'd set one for 10 minutes the other day and then, I couldn't, we were doing some 10 minute increment things and I couldn't remember, did I set it the second time or third time Did I, you know, is there a timer set? And so I asked her, Hey Alexa, how much time is left on the timer? And she told me a minute and I'm like, Oh good. I did set that nine minutes ago. So yeah. uh, really helpful. We have a list, uh, uh, knowitguy.com. I have a list of all the emails that have come out from Amazon giving you all the features. They have really upped the, if this, then that game. Yes, they have. For it. And so there's awesome. a lot of features and functionality on if this, then that. So that, uh, and of course, we've done two podcasts about it. 213 and 217 are available for you out, uh, out on the site. I also have a Google Plus group link, a Facebook group, and a Pinterest group that has started around the Echo. We've got the Getting Starting Guide, uh, helpful videos for them, things to try, all the fun little questions you can ask it, the little Easter eggs about movies and those kinds of things. Um, here's something interesting. Black is not your color, right? The the Amazon Echo is like the 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 uh, the Model T Ford. <laughs> you can get it in any color you want as long as it's black, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've got a link for new skins. So if you want to buy, skins, oh really? Yeah. If you want to buy custom, and they have a bunch of them. I mean, I bet there's 40 or 50 different skins uh, available for you from it's it's over at iStyle. So iStyles.com/skins/other slash Amazon dash Echo will get you there. I'll have a link in the show notes to that as well. Or you can go to the note guide for the Echo uh, and it will be there. So you can get a skin for it if you if you want to do that as well. And then I list all the change logs. If you have anything you want to add to that or the Windows 10 note guide, I'd love to kind of crowdsource either one of these documents and, uh, and get that in there. Mike, anything else? We should wrap it up. Uh, not too much, but yeah, good point in the chat room that you can also pair your phone with it. So don't forget that even if there's something not built into the Echo, like I use Spotify with my Echo all the time just through my phone. It just pairs with Bluetooth and it's a speaker. And actually, she can control your Bluetooth devices. So I connect via Bluetooth, I start playing Spotify. If I say Alexa next, she changes the song on my phone for me. So there's that you can actually combine the features a little bit if you pair it up with Bluetooth. So yeah, yeah. something else to think about. Yeah, Tony had said uh, he said he just figured out that he can pair it and play music from his phone using Xbox Music. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. Yep, very handy device. And you know what's cool about it is they haven't released a new one that's already outdated it. No, oh, I know. I was you know? worried when they went public there was going to be like an extra like I was what I was worried about was that they were going to have a headphone port on it that you could plug it into like speakers or something. I was super worried that that was going to happen. Yeah, that's a big but complaint. So. That's a big complaint in the community. It'll be there in, in V2, but... Yeah, yeah. it's just, just kind of like, well, why, why didn't you... You know, it doesn't have surround support. Jeez, come on. Right. Somebody, I, I saw somebody complaining, I can't, do, I can't plug it into my 5.1 or my 7.1 surround system. Well, <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Sorry about that. Right. Um, I, I definitely think they over-engineered it and will be adding more and more things to it. And certainly we'll get a V2, but... Man, for V1, when we think about some V1 products that have come out that have not been very good, that didn't get fixed till V2 or V3, man, V1 has a lot of features to it. So. Oh, yeah. It's one of the best launches of a new piece of hardware I've seen in a long time. 
Yeah, so good job, uh, Amazon, on that. Sorry you didn't get it right on Prime, yeah, Prime Day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, with that, we'll say if, you are, uh, if you're still thinking about joining us for the Home Server Show Meetup, uh, we are still doing that September 12th out in Indianapolis if you'd like to join us. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. For last week's show, actually, I'm trying something new. I'm actually writing show notes. So if you, on, on last week's show, um, I actually went through and added a bunch of content down there. I'm not saying I haven't done this for all of them. It's just it was more detailed last week, and it will be more detailed this week as well as we go in. So when I say all these things, it'll be in the show notes. might be nice, just if you like me, to go out to the show notes and actually look at them. That's kind of <laughs> helpful. So the link to that will be in the show notes September 12th on how to get involved with us on that if you'd like to join us for the meetup. I will remind you that if you want to purchase from Amazon, we did a lot of talking about Amazon, theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon. If you're in Canada, that's theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon CA. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. I finally got a newsletter update out to everyone. took me a while, but I finally got it done, and it's actually a really special one. So if you didn't get the newsletter, that's okay. It's available on the site. Go to theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter. It's always there. You don't have to subscribe, but if you want to get it sent to your email box, uh, head out there. There's two different subscription links, so they're the same, but they're just in two different places. To get signed up for it, just give me your email. I definitely won't spam you. And as we found out in the last two months, I, I won't send you anything at all. <laughs> You'll do the so, opposite of spamming. You'll just not send anything. You're signing up for a blank list. Someone someone said to me, I think it was Ken, uh, last week when I was talking about the newsletter, or it was this week during Cyber Frontiers, he laughed at me when I said newsletter. <laughs> like, yeah, Jim, you can't even get a newsletter out. So, don't worry about me spamming you. You'll barely get anything from me. But it is a great way for me to communicate with you. You get a little special, uh, get some special communication that you don't get anywhere else. And then we, of course, are live. When I say we, I really mean me. Saturday mornings at askthepodcastcoach.com. And it's a fun little podcast we do. We take live call-ins. 9.30 a.m. Central, 10.30 Eastern out there with Dave Jackson. Don't forget, we do a lot of stuff over on the Geeks Network, so thegeeksnetwork.com. Every once in a while, I show up on Surface Geeks or Home Server Show, and we get around to those. Those frequencies have slowed down. But all kinds of places to catch us. And, of course, the Gallup podcasts are picking up again here in the fall. And so if you want to catch all the stuff I do for Gallup, you can go to coaching.gallup.com, and all that stuff is over there as well. With that, uh, I'll say thanks for listening. We're live out here every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. Mike's taking next week off, and we're going to talk about Bitcoin. And we'll be back with another podcast. And with that, we'll say good night, everybody. <laughs>